0: that entire trip from face down, pants down in the bushes and then waking up on my garage floor with a nosebleed and a bottle of liquor and the car running in the front yard and waking up in the bathtub with a nosebleed and all these different things that had happened to me to get me to the point of realizing that there was something more I needed to be creating. Now that it's manifested, it's like it all was tied together the whole time. This
1: is the, for the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 321. The Kentucky Derby is the longest continuously held major sporting event in America, and it's been running every single year since 1875. It's had a lot of horses in it, and in fact, it's had horses whose names begin with every single letter of the alphabet, except for X. Looks like it's time to buy a stud horse and name him Xylophone. Heath Armstrong dominates life. He's one of my favorite people in the world. We're going to talk all about why that is in today's episode. But if you want to dominate travel the way that Heath dominates life, you want to carry just a carry-on backpack. That is the way to absolutely dominate travel, not pay all those extra baggage fees, not have a ton of stuff with you, not be bogged down by all types of excess stuff that you don't need on your trip. You want to go with just a carry-on. You want to be that dominator when it comes to travel. And if you're looking for the best travel carry-on backpack on the market, hands down, not just I think this, but also the wire cutter has named it the best travel backpack out there. Head on over to TortugaBackpacks.com. Check out all the offerings they have over there. Don't forget you can use the promo code EPOP. That's EPOP all capital letters. Because that'll get you 10% off your entire order. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning I'll show you. Dublin heart is burning Yeah, when you don't Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sher, and joining me today is the author of the Sweet Ass Journal and Sweet Ass Domination Deck, someone who went from being in debt to $1.2 million in sales, one of our first members and one of our most active members of the Location Indie community, and someone who is one of my favorite people in the world to text with, Heath Armstrong, (laughs) founder of the Sweet Ass Journal. Heath, thanks for joining me. Welcome. I want to know the why behind the texting thing. Is it just because
0: I'm ridiculous? Yes. Am I sending you amazing selfies?
1: It's it's the ridiculous factor. (laughs) I never, ever know when it says a text message from you what is going to pop up, what it's going to be about, what the subject matter Uh, is. It doesn't matter. It's just... I sometimes read
0: my own stuff and I'm like, what was I thinking? Or like, where did that come from? I, you know, some people like they can channel their muse into like perfect works of art and writing. I think my muse has some kind of perversion or or ridiculous um, method to just channel through me in random situations. And then I'm like, I don't know why that came out of my mouth or I don't know where that came from. But, well, yeah, then that dude. should make
1: for a great <laughs> podcast episode because, uh, yeah, like I said, I just love... Dude, I never know what I'm going to get. I, I missed a bunch of stuff in the intro because you're also like a gremlin smasher, podcaster, blah, 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 blah. I uh, We could go on and on of all the things that you're doing. But one of the cool things that I'm super excited about, and if you guys are listening, is I know this convo, because we just kind of alluded to it, is going to take a bunch of twists and turns. Anytime Heath and I sit down to chat, whether it's in person, whether it's on Skype, whether it's through text, it just goes a bunch of different ways, which is one of the fun parts about it. But the main thing that I want you guys to get out of today's show is how possible it is to completely turn your life around. And Heath, you're one of the biggest examples that I know of that kind of transformation, and all the stuff that you're doing. Um, and we're going to talk about that story. And so for me, I, I'm going to leave it up to you because you're a podcaster. You've done a bunch of episodes. You want to start at the beginning or do you want to start at the end of your story? And when I say <laughs> end, I mean, I guess not the, hopefully the very end, but you want to start with what you're doing now? Do you want to start with... Kind of what it was like before. Dude, um,
0: I guess before, because the story isn't as good if you know the ending. That's true. We, we can't pull the
1: punchline from people, right? All right. Yeah, so, but there's just so much. So there is it's, so much. Well, let's let's unpack it a little bit here. You know, your member location indie, I've heard your story a few different times, never here on this podcast, and never maybe to the detail that we're gonna get into today. But you you were certainly back in the day when i say that i guess it was what five years ago not leading the type of life that you wanted to lead
0: (laughs) well yes i was i was in tennessee and whether i think that it was normal or not it's certainly not normal from like a perspective of what any human body should endure but the people that are around me like it makes me feel normal to say that yeah I, i was drinking a lot dude like uh at least a handle of Jim Beam every two days, literally $16 and 88 cents to buy a handle every two days. And it wasn't just me because like everybody around me was drinking it too. So it was just, I was functioning, I had a job and I was definitely nowhere near where I wanted to be. But I also didn't know what that vision was. And I think that's the power behind just starting to absorb what some of the resources are out there to to try to discover what meaning is in life and where you want to go. And I had some weird incidents happen, dude, where like when I was 22, I woke up on a a, well, basically I woke up from a dream terrified, like in a paralysis state. And I don't know if anybody has ever experienced this. Apparently there's a deep form of sleep you can wake up out of happens very rarely, but like you can't move your limbs or like your head or anything. And I didn't know what was happening other than like I had this crazy ass dream where I was confronted by this and this is going to sound woo-woo, but I'm telling you this is what happened. I was confronted by this entity with these like crazy black eyes and it had no mouth and it had like dreads. And I just remember it being this kind of force that was scarier than anything I've ever seen in this world or could think of. And it was everywhere I tried to look and get away from it, it. It was just right in front of my face. And the message that it was transmitting to me was like, if you do not change what you're doing or, you know, this way that you're living, you're coming with me. And I woke up like oh my God, now I can't move my limbs. Like, does this mean that I'm paralyzed? I don't know what's going on. And it, it took about 10 minutes before I started actually coming back too. And that happened directly after I got on a plane flight to go to Houston, Texas. And I met this random dude on the plane. I'm like, I don't want this guy sitting next to me because he's got tats all over him. And he, he looks like he's just like this rabid warrior. And I don't want to have to deal with this guy. I was judging like crazy, man, because that's what I did back then. Like everybody did it. And it's just who I was. I was not the same person. And he sat next to me, anyways. And I'm like, oh. And I could have shut myself off from him and not opened up that channel to like see what was going on. But he started talking to me, and he just asked me one question, and it was like, uh, what are you What are you doing, first of all? And I was like, well, I'm going down to Texas to interview for this job. And it was like work. I I majored in concrete construction, so I was like, to get a job to go work on an oil rig or out in the middle of the ocean, like horrible idea. E- everyone's dream job, right? Everybody's dream job. And I mean, but that's, I thought that's what I needed to be doing because that's what everybody told me. It was a decent paying job out of college, you know, high placement uh, of all the different graduates, whatever. And, uh, he was just like, well, do you love it? And I'm like, well, it was the first time in my life that anybody had really asked me that question directly about what I was doing. Cause it was never about, do you love it? It was always about how much money can you make? you know, how much money can you make? And that's going to take care of everything else, which is, as you know, the complete opposite of the truth. But then I didn't know. And I was like, no, dude, I don't love it. Like, yeah, no, I'm going to work on an oil, Rick. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't love it. And he and he was just like, well, then wh- then why would you do it? And I was like, well, who are you, man? Like, who who are you? And And I got started talking to him, and it's interesting because I just had him on the the first episode of my new podcast, which is called Never Stop Peaking, where we caught up. Um, He ended up telling me a story, and he's like, "Yeah, I left at eight years old, and or not left at eight years old. He started having these entity experiences, and they were like kind of guiding him in certain directions. And he had all these troubles with alcoholism and drug abuse, and he ended up moving to Africa, and he was working uh to fight for gender equality and he was protecting all these women who were victims of the genocide and he was showing me pictures on his phone of like black mambas he had chopped their heads off and lizards were sticking out of their mouths and he was like living in these huts and i was like this cannot be real you know it was like one of those instances where you think why was this guy placed next to me out of all people and why does it feel so magical and he's become a really good friend of mine today. But after, after that plane ride, I never forgot that. And I also didn't forget that he sent me a book directly after that called No More Dreaded Mondays, which again, guys, I continued to drink for like another six years, even with the entity dream, even with his interaction, but I never forgot either one of them. And I knew that my time was running out and I needed to make a change at some point. And, um, when I met him and he told me those entity stories it was just very weird that right after that i woke up and had that experience and so throughout the next do you know who dan miller is uh he, he's like ahead. dave ramsey's best friend they have like the one of the top career podcasts on itunes he's got one called 48 days to the work you love okay. well that's jared's dad randomly enough And he sent me his dad's book and I'm like, his dad's a self-help author. Like, this is crazy. But that was the first time I got this idea that like, maybe you could work for yourself or maybe you, you could create a vision or uh, are there actually people out there writing about this? And it doesn't have to be working on an oil rigger in the ocean or whatever. And yeah, I, I kept having these weird flashes of that entity scaring me throughout the next six or seven years. And every time I got one, I was just thought, you know what, maybe this is a time where I need to pay attention to some decision that's in front of me. And so I started doing that and and eventually it led me to podcasting and I started meeting certain people that would remind me of that. And that's how I discovered EPOP. That's how I discovered Zero to Travel and met you all who were big inspirations for me to start my own show. Uh, to start interviewing other people around the world who are creating this successful lifestyle and then taking their habits and their strategies and their their approach to life overall and, and trying to figure out what kind of a system that was. How do I implement that into my life? And then let's see if I can use those new tools to pay off my debt and you know get clean and stop drinking so much and create some sort of side income that gives me a little bit of confidence so that I can maybe leave my job and then when you break that all down into baby steps dude it's like you're you're here with nothing and then all of a sudden you're there <laughs> with everything you've ever wanted and and it's all a big blur but you know that it all goes down to just two two baby steps every single day in alignment with your vision. And it's it's just crazy to go from that to where I am now.
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I love that. And we're going to dive into like what those baby steps are because I hate that when people give you this idea of like, I was here and now I'm here. And you're like, yeah, yeah because it doesn't then it doesn't <laughs> seem realistic. One of the reasons that I love having you on and I've loved getting to know you and become friends is that if anyone's as real as it comes, it's you. You'll talk about what it was like before, what it was like during the stuff that you still struggle with, all that kind of good stuff that we like to unpack here, because then you give someone who's sitting there saying, yeah, but they could succeed because of this, this, and this. You're like, no, hold on. These are the reasons, the obstacles that I have in front of me, that might be different than the obstacles that someone else has in front of them, but everyone has these obstacles put in front of them. One of the things that I that I want to unpack with what we were, what you were just talking about is this idea that you had this transformative experience this guy that you met on a random on a plane ride who you know and you talked all about that and then you had the, these these visions but yet you didn't it wasn't like click, snap your fingers okay i this is happening to me now i'm changed and i'm gonna i'm quitting my job today and i'm going and doing this it took you then six to seven years to to fully get out of that old lifestyle. Maybe maybe fully is the wrong word, because there's obviously probably gonna be still parts of it there left. But what what was happening in those six to seven years? Like you had the epiphany kind of in that moment that you're like, yeah, I, I can't believe people can do what they want, so I know it's possible, but it still took you a long time to Dude. to start creating it yeah. for yourself. And why why was that? If if you can even kind of put a finger on what,
0: it. It's because things are confusing until you figure them out. And it's not always, I still haven't figured things out fully. You know what I mean? And when I started working towards that, it takes a long time to understand what is distracting your life And it takes a long time to get the strength to release the things that are clogging up your channel that allow you to be clear and to move forward. And it takes a long time to figure out what you really want to do. I mean, I had no idea. I just knew that I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And so this is something I don't talk about that much because people always want to talk about like the success. And this is good because it's taking me to a spot. So, dude, I took a job in Lexington, Kentucky because I was going to take a job after school not on the oil rigger but in San Diego and you know start my concrete career but like the economy had collapsed that was collapsed it was 2008 that's when I graduated and so I ended up bartending in Knoxville, Tennessee and I was like they were like, Hey, you know, you can come into a management position in the restaurant industry and make more than you're making bartending. And I was like, no way, no way. Like I just need to get a job in my industry so that I can put something on my resume and then I'll figure out the next step. Like for me, it was always about what can I do to level up one so that I can be one step ahead of other people I'm competing with for these types of positions and then maybe go to the next step. And so I got a job working for $13 an hour in a concrete factory in Lexington, Kentucky. And so I was a So the, like, that's
1: the real dream, right? The oil rigger, yeah. that's just, that's seconded. The real yeah, dream dude, is $13 an hour in a concrete factory. <laughs> we were making, they were like, you know, I had a college
0: degree and I went from these offers for like 60,000 a year to like losing the economy. And I'm sticking here. Like I graduated top of my class. I had a 4.0 in college and and I was a heavy drinker and it was only because I was a good test taker. And I got a $13 an hour job and, and I was okay. Like most people would have been like, no, I'm not taking that. I'm too good for it. But I didn't, I was like, you know what? It's (laughs) I got to do something and it just feels right to go do this. And so I went up there and um, we were making like septic tank boxes and sand stuff that go underground. It was the most boring thing you could possibly imagine. But I actually started teaching myself. I was like always interested in computers because it was our generation. And so I, I was like, well, what can I do to like get myself a raise in this company or like move up? And I was like, well, maybe I'll start making like some calculators that do all these calculations that they do on like, Hand, you know, paper and pencil on a spreadsheet, and then I'll put them on a website. So I taught myself how to do WordPress, um, the basic levels, and then I found this like cool plugin that let me convert spreadsheets into, um, HTML. And so then I was like making a website. It was called concretehelper.com. It's actually still up today, believe it or not. And we'll, it link, was it in the sh- we'll link it in the show notes, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. It was all these different calculators, um, for people to use in that industry to make their life easier. And like, before I knew it, I was getting contacted by all of these different magazines saying like, who are you? What website is this? And like, why, who's making this? Who's your team? What company? This? I was like, it's just me. It's just me. I'm sitting in a chair. Like, do you want to hire me? You know? And, and I started I got published in, the the website got published in Concrete Construction Magazine. (laughs) And at that time, like that's the pillar of my life. I'm like, yes, like I'm showing people like this is incredible. I'm thinking this is going to skyrocket my career in the concrete industry. But when I kept coming back to it, I was like, that's not even what I like. I have no interest. I kept thinking about that experience with the entity and if it makes me happy. And I was like, this isn't making me happy, but maybe if I get more money, it will. And I stayed in that position And I just took a latching onto the fact that I knew how to make WordPress sites. And so I started offering other companies in the concrete industry my service to make their website on the side. And I'd make a couple thousand dollars here and there. And I was like, okay, this is a side business. Now I can quit my job. So I got a Holiday Inn contract to do one of their websites with one of my friends. We started a company (laughs) called Loosed Media. I quit my job. (laughs) after the first contract and it wasn't a month and a half later i'm sitting there like i got to pay rent i can't get i haven't gotten any more jobs like i'm trading my time for money and it was a disaster dude and i felt like i f- i felt like a failure i was like well I, I gave up that job that i had and i was actually doing well cuz of this concrete site and and just lost all the money with that business had to shut it down and then i had to go back and work in the concrete industry again so the second time around, I got a job as a, as a sa- in a sales position where I was, I was able to work from home and I was like, okay, well, I'll just continue to try to figure out ways to make money, man. And, and at, at some point, I started running and it helped me kind of let go a little bit of the alcohol problem and it took a lot of grit, man. Just every morning, I remember the feeling when I couldn't even run a fourth of a mile and I would just throw up and I needed to drink and it was the first time I thought maybe I actually had a problem with it. And, um, so I went cold Turkey and was like, I'm not going to drink for an entire year. And it was the first real mental habit that I tried in my life. And that was actually the anchor for every single weird thing that I do today to try to test my mind. I'm like, if it's something I feel like I can't do, I do it. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what it is. Like, I don't have a problem, um, with like, taking too hot of showers or anything, but because cold showers are harder to do, I'll do that for 30 days and, and kind of journal about how it makes me feel. And it's just weird things like that. So that you're, was what you're I challenging went challenging
1: yourself, you know, in, in yeah. ways that aren't, I, I mean, seem silly or, or might seem silly to some people might seem like, okay, man, if you took a cold shower for five days in a row, isn't that enough? But you, you're saying like, I want, it's not about the cold shower. It's about me sticking to something. And you know that if you could stick to something with that, like a cold shower, you could stick to something that might have a much bigger impact in your life, like deciding not to drink or, or you know, or giving up something else or even sticking it's to something connecting
0: that's- connecting the dots, dude. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. I, it's exactly what it is. And to this day, I'm
0: like- I'm doing a hundred days of no drinking right now. I don't have a drinking problem anymore, but I love craft beer and well, I'm doing it I specifically mean, for, yeah, don't we all, <laughs> you anyway, know, I'm in Portland. I'm doing it specifically because I know the benefit of how much higher of a level my mind works when I don't drink craft beer or any type of alcohol. And so this hundred days, I'm not drinking, and i'm and I'm making sure that I write a thousand words a day and things like that. And it's turned into a whole process for me. But in that period of time that nobody ever asked me about or talk about, I worked in concrete factories, and then I got a job in outside sales, and I'm driving around to every county every single day in a truck spending time on job sites and at concrete plants with people in the concrete industry and thinking like we're covering up this beautiful earth with all this concrete and I'm contributing to this another thing that wasn't in alignment with what I really liked I mean I always loved in nature and so again this isn't you know I'm trading my time for money and it's not making me happy and so I wrote down some core principles of what I wanted in life by viewing people like you and and Jason and um other inspirational, you know, how Elrod and the Miracle Morning and some of these people that came into my life early on. And and it was, I want passive income through writing and creating products that I actually believe in. And I want optimal health and brain performance. I want financial freedom to allow myself to help others on a larger scale. And I want to live in flow and with authenticity. So those are my core values. So from that point on, I'm like, how. How do I do something every day to move towards those values? And I picked one segment of it, and it was, um, I want to be location independent. Because that kind of is a byproduct of all of these things combined, if it works out perfectly. And then you have to bring the metrics in and be like, okay, if I say that, if I set an, an intention, yeah, but I'm not what paying is it, attention what to it. What does it mean?
1: Like, how do, yeah. I, how do I get there? Like, you're talking about the baby steps, right? Like, here's the big goal. Become location independent. But what are all the little things that you did to get there? I know that's what we're going to get into now, but I love that in the beginning you talked about one or two baby steps a day to get there, to go from being in a concrete business. Baby, baby, baby roles. Maybe not even stepping yeah. yet. You
0: know, it's like it starts out so small.
1: Right, right. And it might not even, right. And it might be a step that you take that then ends up not being even in the right direction some of the time or, or towards the thing that you end up being at, but it's a step away from What you were doing, what you don't want. I mean,
0: it's very beneficial to write down what you don't want in life. And that's what I did. I, I literally wrote down everything that I didn't want, all the things I didn't want in my current life, everything that I didn't want to carry into the future. And then I looked at the opposite of what that was. And that's how I made my values. And I legitimately got out a note card. And we talked about this when we did the Paradise Pack launch last year. I got with Lindsay, my fiance, who wasn't my fiance at the time, but like we were in a period where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. We're drinking heavy. There's some fighting going on. She's about to go into work in the pharmaceutical industry and the horse breeding, which is like not her passion, but she's being pushed that direction from her influences. And I know that her passion is coaching lacrosse. And I and it hurts me to see that she's about to get sucked into something that I had been sucked into, you know? And so I'm trying to influence her like, no, you can do this. And eventually something got through to her. And I was like, look, if we can find you a position where you just go volunteer to coach lacrosse somewhere on the West Coast where we wanted to live anyways, that will force me to have to figure out a way to make income to leave my job if I want to be with you. And dude, that's <laughs> not something that's not easy to confront, you know? And- No, those are three
1: huge decisions. <laughs> one, one on her part to like, to lead, to go and do something that she wants to do, but you know, obviously financially might be a huge step down. A decision on your part to do the same thing and then decision on both of your parts to do it and stay to get like to put your relationship kind of as the pillar that's that's pulling both of you, which which obviously worked for you guys, but can be a super stressful thing. Yeah. And,
0: and you know, I had a I had a four bedroom house in Kentucky. I had I had five fish tanks. I had a TV in every single room, dude. In the basement, I had TVs in multiple corners. I had just built a bar with a tap on it um, so that I could drink even more. I had this big like bathtub, hot tub thing in my basement and it was all on loans. You know, I didn't have any of it paid for. So I'm sitting there with like, it's, it's probably, uh, July, 2015. And I'm like, I have got to figure out a way to sell this house. (laughs) I have to figure out way to make money on the side. And I have to do all this pretty soon, like within a year, because, Otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen. Like she's going to love what she's doing out there. It could be who knows, you know, there's just no telling. And so it lit a fire. And I think a lot of people talk about that when they have a baby. Sometimes it kicks them into gear. But if you just go out and put something on the line, that's really important to you. It's amazing how much more hustle will come out and So I started, uh, even though I was driving eight to ten hours a day for work, dude. I started waking up at four o'clock in the morning and doing a miracle morning and and starting podcasting and interviewing people. And I was scared to do that. The second person I had on the Artsy Now show was Sohrab Mirman. He was a Hollywood director, and like, who am I to interview this guy? But all it takes is that one scary leap. And then you're talking to him and it's like, this guy is amazing. And he tells me one thing that changes my life, which was every day is a bonus round. Slow down and enjoy something beautiful. If he, you know, that has been an anchor for me since. And it all just started steamrolling. And the most powerful part of all of it, Travis, is the ability to connect with like-minded people. And that's why Location Indie and in, in all these communities are so important because it doesn't matter how high your goal is or how willing you are to work towards it. You need help. There's no doubt about it. Like You need help. And I had so much help, which is why I'm so adamant about helping other people. And it, if it wasn't for the me starting the podcast or being influenced by you all, or meeting people while doing my podcast there's no way in hell I would be here I mean the dude that taught me how to start selling stuff on Amazon when I was like walking through stores and scanning things with a scanner and like trying to figure out how I could take it home and pack it up and flip it to make some money I met him through a Twitter auto direct message think about that and now he's <laughs> I don't even co-creating. know I, I
1: don't even know really what that means what <laughs> means a Twitter auto direct
0: message we both had these like uh we both had these like robot responders on our Twitter messages, trying to draw people to something. I was like trying to like get people to go to like my artsy now site, which was nobody was going to. And he was like doing the same thing. I don't remember what it was for his website and they responded to each other. And so when I got a response, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, and then I look and I'm like, that's auto direct too. So then I started trolling him And he like responded. And then I realized he was close to me. And then I ended up bringing him on my show and we became friends. And that all steamrolled into him telling me his story about how he left his job in the corporate bond world. And he just couldn't deal with the the stress and how he was doing something he didn't love. And so he was literally delivering subs at Jimmy John's trying to figure out how to make money on the side. And so he was trying to do stuff on Amazon. And he started sending me pictures of like his screenshots. And it was like, he sold $200 that day on Amazon. And I'm like, oh my God. And I remember riding around with my boss in the truck and I'd be like, check this out. This guy sold $200 on Amazon. And he's just like, that's not real. It's can't, it can't be real. And the next week, it's like he sold $600. And then before I know it, he's sending me screenshots of the month and he sold $16,000, $17,000 on Amazon for the month. And I'm like, okay, dude, show me what you're doing. And so he taught me in, in like in a nutshell, I'm basically... <laughs> It's called retail arbitrage, where you're going to stores, you're scanning shelves for items, trying to match them to what they're selling to on Amazon. And because Amazon's usually inflated, if you find a good product that's selling for more on Amazon, you take it home, you pack it up, you send it in and they sell it and you make a little bit of money. Well, it only took a couple weeks of that to where I'm standing there with Lindsay bef- right before she... She was back visiting for Christmas or something. So like a fast forward, August, she left she came back for Christmas. It's like December. I remember there being snow and I'm like two months into
1: scanning like on the shelves. and. But but you're not, you're still working at the concrete company, right? Oh, yeah. I, so it's know, like, like oh, 10 hours and... with the concrete company. Then you go scan stuff on the shelves. Oh. And trying to do
0: the podcast. I mean, I was a maniac, dude. I was so determined that like every, I was in flow really, if I think about it, like I was, I knew what I had to do this stuff and it didn't feel like work because it just felt exciting. And it felt right. And I, but at this particular moment, I'm like, in like a Marshall's or something. And she's like, do you realize how terrible this is? She was like, this is worse than your job. Like, do you really love this? And I was like, I'm like standing there scanning a cheese grater. I'm like, uh, no, this is terrible. Like, this is terrible. And I was like, fine. I like, I'm done with this. And so I told Jason Berwick, who is the guy I was like, dude, I can't do this, man. Like it's, it's horrible this is trading my time for money again which isn't in alignment with my core values and
1: i I was it's into not automation. location independent at that point because you you're going to stores you're not yeah it's it's it might be a tiny bit more exciting than a concrete job maybe in the I think beginning it was worse and maybe yeah <laughs> and then and then after the honeymoon periods over you're like dude just put me in a truck with a concrete salesman like it I don't even want to be in a market so
0: bad and I I was like look man I've I, at that point, I had been doing a lot of automating with the podcast. and I was very interested in it and like, to the point where I was like taking pictures of my deodorant and it was like ordering for me automatically on Amazon through like IFTTT and virtual assistants on like fancy hands and things like that or whatever. And I was like, man, if we can look at this system and figure out a way to automate it, I'd be really interested in the future. And so let me know if you get around that. And then I tried to start another business, which was called Podcast Pal, because I was podcasting. And so I did... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have this great idea to like create this platform where people can like exchange podcasting services, which was so flooded out. But I I like convinced myself that it was good. And then I just came to a breakdown one day and was like, I'd spent all this extra money trying to develop this website for the podcast system. And I realized I was trading my time for money again. Like I was editing services that I didn't feel like could be replaced. And it didn't feel right. It didn't feel aligned and Um, oddly enough, Jason Berwick called me. I was sitting in a hotel drinking stone IPAs and, um, Chattanooga after like a whole day of doing concrete work. And he was like, dude, I figured out how to automate it. He's like, it's called online arbitrage. And I was like, online, why don't we think it's like, he's like, yeah, we just ordered from their websites instead of going to the stores. And I'm like, God, that's so easy. Like, why did we not think about that before? And he's like, yeah, then we just use prep companies and we ship the products to them. They pack it up. And then we just pretty much automate everything else. And there is a lot more that goes into it than that, guys. Don't think that it takes like one day to set this type of thing up. I put a lot of money, a lot of credit on the line, all sorts of stuff to get that thing started. But and then I still wasn't so sure about it when he told me and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then Jason Moore called me 10 minutes after he did. And this is where it got really weird. He was like, hey, dude, I just wanted to check in with you and see, uh, I don't know why, but the universe was telling me to call you. I just wanted to see what you were doing. And I was like, huh, that's odd. I was like, I'm in the middle of this really big decision and I don't know which direction to go. And he was like, well, you know, like if you flip a coin and you know which direction you want it to land on, fill it out. Like what what's pulling you more? And I was like, Dude, I think it's Amazon stuff cuz I can, you know, it, it all the freedom is in alignment with me. It. it aligns with my core values and it just feels right. And he was like, "It sounds like that's the way you need to go." And so I shut everything down and I was like, "I'm doing this." And I just started learning from Jason Berwick and slowly plugging and continuing to podcast and meet other people and um before I knew it, man, I did I had 27,000 in sales by the end of December 2015 and then by May of 2016 uh, 16, I sold my house and in that 6 month period I did nothing but just ball out man like uh hardcore wake up I wrote down my vision every single day on a note card I wrote the na- I wrote the number 62216 which is the freedom date that I selected um, which got really weird in that Paradise Pack call last year because all those people were like, that's my date too. That's my date too. Yeah, so just very 622,
1: strange. 2016. So 6 is what? Uh, May, June, June. So your freedom date was June 22nd of 2016. That's why we made it National Location Independence that, Day. That's right. We did. <laughs> uh, so if you guys are listening, it is now National Lo- Location Independence Day. So you're sitting there with Lindsay, just to back it up, you're in the Marshalls. You're like, all right, this isn't working. But then you found out about online arbitrage. So I guess everyone just needs Jason's in their life because it sounds like those two really set you straight. So then in that process, you quit your concrete job at some point, correct? Or had you not quit? Or were you doing the online arbitrage while you're still working at the job? So I don't remember. I think that the online arbitrage thing actually happened
0: before Lindsay moved and I quit. And then in August, she moved and then... Um, Somewhere around that time is when I got the hotel call. So it wasn't December, it wasn't icy like I said earlier. Uh, I think maybe it was raining or something when she was in the store with me. But August 2015 was when I started the online arbitrage and I started shipping stuff to my house first because I didn't have a prep company. Um, And I remember I sold some Lego blankets online. That was the first sale and I was just waiting. I was like, oh my God, they're on there. Like, and they sold and I was like, okay, this worked. Like what's next? And I sold, I ended up selling like eight or 900, I think that month. And then by December, it was 27,000 in sales. Um, and that was with me putting a lot of money in inventory on credit cards. And I was like, look, if I'm going for this, I'm going for it hard. I believe in this metrics. I believe in the systems. I've seen the sales. If I can push through, um, then I could leave my job by June 22nd, 2016. But I broke it down, dude. I, I broke down the numbers. I was like, How much sales do I need per month? How much do I need to scale per month? And I created a chart every single month. I sat down that day in August and I created a six-month layout of charts. Exactly how much inventory I needed to buy per day to make a certain amount of sales per day, to make a certain amount of profit per day, to replace my bills, to pay off my debt, to create an income Uh, so that I could leave my job. And as that went from zero to 27,000 in December, I saw the system working and I had enough faith to think that through January through May, I could leave my job. And so I didn't want to just bail on my job because my boss had been training me to take over for his retirement. He'd been training me for five years to take his position. I felt really bad. It was the hardest thing ever for me to walk away. It was an incredible job that anybody could man, everybody wanted it. It was, it was like, you're so lucky to have this job, you know, potential to just make unlimited amounts of money in, in one of those just high level sales jobs. And I walked, I'm looking at like, okay, I mean, this is this is a six figure job. It's right in front of me. You know, the time has come, like, and I think the world puts that kind of resistance in front of you. Or I can bail on it and go for my dreams. And this is it, you know,
1: like this is it. And dude, six, my six figure in. job. You could have bought like 15 more fish tanks. Yeah. I mean, just think tanks, of how many so. fish tanks you could have had in that house.
0: Oh God, dude. And so I, there was all sorts of weird stuff that was going on, but my grandmother called, I called, talked to my grandmother. She was 94 and I was just in, I was so stressed. dude. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I can't do them both. I have to do one thing. I'm going to disappoint somebody. I'm going to disappoint a whole bunch of people. It could fold in on me. I mean, every thought that could possibly go through your head. But my intuition was in alignment with this. It was like, it all I was all in alignment with the leap. And my grandmother called well, me. And it's really
1: easy to see now, right? Like looking at it, knowing what happened to be like, oh, well, Heath, of course, like you're going to leave your job in the concrete industry. You said you didn't like it. You said you were really into this. It was getting you fired up. But this is obviously with years of like a few years of hindsight and and much more clarity but i get what you're saying is in that moment even if you don't like it and you know it's not for you long term it, it there it's still hard to make the decision i i've never heard anyone be like oh yeah well i didn't like it and this and that so i just i was like eh, i'll leave it and whatever works works it's like you're still in a moment where you have to make a tough tough decision and so I just want people to realize that, and I think everyone does who's been in those situations, is that you're looking back at it with clarity. I'm looking at it like, oh, yeah, leave your job. Like, come on, man. Like, you got this Amazon thing rolling. You're good to go. <laughs> well, but, thank God for you guys who were influenced me to do that, too. I needed that side of it. Well, you but, did. So, all right, to so your grandma, who obviously had some sway with this, too. Well, she's,
0: she's 94, and she's just like, honey. I just don't understand why people do things in life that don't make them happy. And like everything she said to me on that, she had no idea what my situation was. And I was like, grandma, should I quit my job and travel? And she's just like, that sounds wonderful. Like she's like, I remember when I went to all these parks and national parks, like this one time in her life where she wasn't working full time in the steel industry, she went to these national parks and it's all she talked about her whole life, that one time. And I'm like, I want this every day. You know, I want to have a life like that. And it just was a signal. And then I got a call from the operations manager of the company I worked for who, man, I don't know, he's an angel too, but you know, everybody there, they're all like, you're all in, you're never getting out of the concrete industry. This is you forever. Nobody gets out. But for some reason, he's just this cool dude. He was like, right. I remember I was driving my truck through like Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and I was just so distraught. Lindsay left. She was in Washington I was like, uh, I had Amazon stuff juice and I was feeling inspirational. And he was like, look, man, you don't know what could happen with this company. He's like, you're supposed to take over for your boss. He was like, nothing is promised. He's like, "They could. what if they, they could hire somebody else? Uh, this company could sell out and it could all of a sudden be another corporation. Like, You cannot make decisions in your life based on what other people are putting around you you know, like based on any type of influence other than what truly matters to you inside. And he was like, and I can tell you that if I could go back and do it all again, I wouldn't be here right now. He's like, I would have moved out West and done this and that. And I just took both of those as an omen, like both calls. It's like, and I told him, he was the first person I ever told. I was like, I'm going to leave this company. And he was like kind of silent. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I got to leave. I got to leave. I got this business. I'm going to have to leave. And then as soon as I let that out, I hung the phone up and I was just like, Oh, it was like Rocky, you know, like, Oh, I almost wrecked my car. I was driving like a maniac, like all over the road. I had never been happier, more inspired in my life. Cause I, I let it out. And I had been holding that tension in for years and years since the day I started that job. knowing that I never really liked the job as much as I was trying to force myself to like it. And, Dude, I just, as soon as I let that out, then it was really gold time. Like, Lindsay's gone. I'm leaving this job. I'm going to do it the right way. I like literally put a six month notice in. I told the whole company and I was like, look, I appreciate everything. I really do. I will help find my replacement and train them over the next six months, but I'm on my way out. I'm not going to leave you in shambles. I want to do this the right way. And it all went very, very smooth. And it was like clockwork, dude, like all of those charts that I had made worked because I was buying certain amounts. I was selling certain amounts, which means I was making certain amounts and I was able to pay down my debt. I was able to get my house on the market and sell it three days before I was scheduled to leave to drive across the country with my dogs to meet Lindsay in Washington. And then on 622.16, I was sitting at a pub in Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Washington. That's where she was coaching. And I just pulled out the note card that I had made for the day and I was like looking at it, like, wow. <laughs> like, wow. How does that happen? What just happened? You know, like, cause it seems like when you look back, what just happened? Like, what just happened? And it's just, I mean, that
1: was a year. Nuts. It was only a year. I mean, I know looking back, it was obviously an eventful year and a lot of people are going to say, uh, you know, like a year is a long time. And maybe it felt like a long time when you first kind of started this idea, you know, in August. And I guess it was a little less than a year, 10 months. Well, yeah, the idea really, if you think about
0: it, when I was 20 on that plane, like that was 10 years. Right, right. It took me to get to that point. So although a lot of the action, you know, took off that year, it was all those steps from from that plane ride to from 2008 to now that, you know, all work together in a web.
1: And what does it look like to to tie up the kind of the story now? So you moved out to Washington and you moved to the West Coast, 622, 2016. That's why six twenty two, National Location Independence <laughs> Day. Which if you guys if well, of you probably don't know the story. We were on a call, a random call last year during the Paradise Pack, and you told a very short version of the story where you said, Yeah, I, I said my date was Six twenty two, two thousand sixteen, and there was what two or three other people that say that said I set a date for myself of when I wanted to leave my job, and every, those three other people had that exact same day. How how does that happen? I mean, that's <laughs> weird.
0: That there was some other. Larger energy that was bringing into that call—that was super weird, man.
1: Right. So if you guys are listening and you're sitting there and you're like, "All right, you know, this is inspiring. Like, I want to become location penner. I'm going to shoot for something. You can pick whatever date you want, but six twenty-two seems to be a pretty good date for most people. And um, it might be too quick for you guys to turn around. Maybe you pick six twenty-two of the next year, whatever it is going to be. But um. All right, so let's tie up the rest of your journey a little bit, and then we'll deal uh dive into a little bit more of the actual like takeaways and, and things that you really started putting into place that that made it work. You were sitting in Washington, you're there in Walla Walla, life is good, you moved out to the West Coast. As you always say, I left a concrete job in Kentucky to be location independent in Washington, uh, which is you know sounds great and it's awesome. But since then you've certainly done a lot more. I mean, it's been a Well, almost a full two years now from you moving out to Pacific Northwest, going location independent. What did those, like, what did those months after that, the last 20 months, what did that look like?
0: I basically continued to scale the Amazon business as much as possible in Washington, which was great up until the beginning of 2017 when I just had, I mean, I'll be honest, last year was one of the toughest years of my life. I lost. All on the same day, I lost my grandfather and my dog, which is the love of my life, to a random form of cancer in uh, the business. So Amazon suspended my account. It didn't get resolved for like 20 days. It was all over an issue that wasn't – they never told me what was wrong with the account. There was nothing we could find. I just couldn't get them to respond. So I ended up losing like 20 – which was the cushion that I built up over sales to get over the hump. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, am I going to have to go back to work in the concrete industry in Washington? Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting, like emotionally just hurting from everything that had happened. I was in a funk. Um, and at the same time, I'm supposed to be launching the sweet ass journal. Right. And, it wasn't a couple months after that where I just stuck to my guns of just being mentally strong, continue to meditate, continue to do the things that I knew could help me through, continue with my miracle morning, continue with journaling um, and try to keep doing all of these. They're they're really anchors, man, like they're anchors for carrying you through and, and letting the emotions flow through me rather than hold them in. So I did a lot of crying um, and I just let it flow and then it came time to do the journal launch, which actually ended up, you guys helped a lot with that because you put the digital version in the, in the paradise pack and I still was just so high stress at the time, dude, that I got just, I would get migraines that I'd never had my whole life. I'd get cases of a uh, vertigo that I had for a large part of 2017 to where I felt like I wasn't myself. Um, now, I believe I picked this up from a, a graveyard in Alaska, believe it or not. There was this weird force that hit me one day, and then I collapsed in a coffee shop um that same day in Alaska, and I never felt the same for six months. But I dealt with all of these different forms of resistance throughout the year, and you know, I I was trying to get the Amazon business back to the point that it was. And it's there's always going to be something you're not expecting, whether it's a good thing or or something bad. But you got to take it. Like you got to face it. You got to be, you got to stand up for yourself, be a badass and move towards it. And so I did that. And, and through that process, I realized that the beauty of all, all of it, you know, everything together, the most beautiful part about it wasn't the Amazon business. It wasn't the money. Um, it wasn't anything to do with what I had created in that aspect. It was the journal. It was the people that were sending me messages saying, thank you so much this has helped me change the way that I'm looking at my approach to my vision in life. And thank you so much for guiding me through like the power of giving gifts and minimizing and, and celebrating my wins and and setting these actions every single day that helped me move towards my visions, and my goals and my dreams. And I started realizing very quickly like, wow, I have this platform to allow me cash flow um, to live off of. which
1: is the Which this, was the Amazon business was allowing you to like... And and you and touch on that really quickly. You had automated it out to such a degree that you were working how many hours a week on the Amazon business? When I it mean, was, it was it was, it was about two well. hours
0: a day, max. Okay. Um, and a lot of that was just checking in. So yeah, we had prep companies who were handling physical products. I had hired several assistants. I had one full time U.S. employee who was doing buying of inventory for me. My administrative assistants were in the Philippines, and this whole team worked together in unison and it was great, man. It's like that freedom, passive lifestyle where I can wake up and, and start writing. And that's what allowed me to create the journal was that free time. And But throughout the whole process, I still wasn't sure. It's like, well, I don't want to do resale forever. There's no purpose in it other than creating this anchor. And one of my core values that I mentioned earlier was financial freedom to allow to allow myself to be able to help people on a larger scale. And And then it clicked. I was like, oh my God, I've gotten to this point now where I can actually create my own products. You know, I can I can actually move into this space of being able to motivate people who were just like me, who had no idea where they were going and or how they're going to get there. And I can do that through kind of my own personality, which is why when you read the sweet ass journal, and like you said earlier, it's a very unpredictable. I don't write like a traditional journalist would ask you to write. It's more like I'm talking. People have told me you can't put things like that out. They're wrong because this journal sells by word of mouth and I barely ever promote it. Um, I just had my best month ever in March and, and
1: now... It's the only I'm, journal. I'm going to give it a plug here. I, I I'm one of those type of people when you talk about meditating daily and journaling and doing all these things that I know you should do, I can never, ever stick with them. You know, I'm very bad at sticking to a routine. Unlike you, where you said, hey, I'm just going to commit to this and you and you get really good at it. I've been very, very awful for most of my life being able to stick to routine until I got the sweet ass journal. And I think one of the reasons that I've been able to work my way through it, and I'm by no means perfect. I had a big lag there for like a month where I missed every day, but Everyone does. One of the neat things with a journal is that for me, over the course of the last five or six months since I've had it, like I would have never worked through a journal and and ever finished it um, previously. But because it's so... I, because I know you, and maybe not even because I know you, but because it's so quirky and fun and interesting, and the first, like, 30 pages where you talk about why you wrote it are super funny, and it's not serious in in that way, um, that's really been motivating to me, because I look at it and I say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking at some static, boring, you know, and I, it's not a worksheet, it's not a normal journal, and for me, that's really stuck out, and I think that's where you're talent and the and the beauty in what you're creating lies is that you're creating products that are unconventional and that people who resonate with them will really, really resonate in and other people will look at it and be like, this is stupid. This isn't for me. But who cares? Because if it is for them, they're going to be all in like I am with but, the journal. You
0: know, I've been told that how ridiculous I am for not putting the hyphen in between sweet and ass because of the message it puts out. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Sweet ass journal like it's a journal for your ass like if you look at it that way then i love that that's like that's part of the reason why we don't use a hyphen and it came one i got a message through my email that was like you realize that this says sweet ass domination deck right and i'm like i'm like yeah sure like if that's the way you want to view it but the journal it's it's a funny thing man like I actually... You should have seen the first version of it. It just looked exactly like like the five-minute journal or something that felt like a worksheet. It was lines that you had to fill in. And I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like... it. The reason that I never completed journals myself was because I felt like I had to fill in the blanks. And if you don't, then you get discouraged and then you close it and then you walk away and you don't come back because you feel like it's making you... You, you feel like you're not productive and you don't want to feel that way. And so we made it a 100-day system, but purposely not doesn't have to be done hundred days in a row, right? Right. There's no so dates on it. Yep. And it's no, there's no worksheet lines because a lot of people are creative and some people write really big, some write really small. Some people want to pack the boxes in some people want to draw a picture. And I think that that's why it's been so popular is that it's just, everybody can do it their own way and, and feel like it's, it's making them productive or, um, actually helping them and, I don't know. It's been an interesting thing. It's helped me
1: figure out my voice for sure. The one box, the, I have an abundance of box, which I, which you do every night. And that's the thing. The, uh, the journal is you do some in the morning and then some at night, which I like that, that as well, because I, I kind of bookends your day, right? Um, but the "I have an abundance of" is always my hardest one to fill out. I don't know why, or the one I like least. I never told you this personally, but I then so I write really big in that one so that I can get it done. But I'll be like, I'll write like one thing, but I'll write it really big, and then of course like the brainstorming one, like with the a list of ideas, I'm like. He's you know, are write yeah. super tiny. It's, try to, so it's I, interesting
0: to see how it works for every because I get a lot of feedback and like everybody has preference, right? On what's their like the hardest one for me is the I have a gift and or minimize section because I already minimized everything and I've gone through that process and I've created a habit of giving gifts. So now when I try to think of a gift, it's harder for me because I'm really naturally I, I don't know. It's like built into my lifestyle. So that section is really hard for me. But the abundance one for me is my, my favorite because it started by like me complaining about how I had nothing. And then my old coach, Jacqueline, who you know, um, she was like, G- get a jar out, fill it with pennies, put it on your desk. And every time you can't think of something to put in that box, look at that jar. He's like, you have an abundance of pennies. And then you'll start to notice how easy it is to fill that box in. And then I was like, oh, I have an abundance of incense. I have an abundance of ideas. I have an abundance of shoes, which really only have like three pairs of shoes, but that's an abundance. You know, I have an abundance of cryptocurrency coming my way. I have an abundance of, um, you know, clean undies that I can wear every day. So it starts to really help you point out all these things in life that you're not aware that you have. Um, and I think it's 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 one of the cool sections for me, for yeah. sure.
1: And we will we will link up the sweet-ass journal. Uh, it's pretty easy to remember. Oh, sweet-ass journal. I was going to
0: tell you, uh, if you guys... So for your audience, Lindsay put up a landing page at heatharmstrand.com forward slash epop. And I'm going to give three physical journals away to people who enter. But also, for the people who don't win the physical journals, you can download the entire guide section in audio format and listen to it so that... First of all, it's going to walk you through all the different types of sections, but even if you don't use the journal, you'll find something in those habits, um, that will help you. So if you want that, you can go to that landing page. Awesome. All right. It's not up yet. If you're looking for it,
1: (laughs) we will, we will link that up. Yeah. I saw that it wasn't up yet. No worries. We'll link that up there. Um, so that's heatharmstrong.com slash epop. You guys can enter that little giveaway from Heath. Thanks for that, man. And then what you got going on next, because what I love about your idea with financial freedom so that you can help others is that a lot of people get stuck in this idea of building a business and making more and more and more money. So even though they're working for themselves and they're, and they're location independent and they're all that good stuff, they still get caught up in the whole rat race. It's just a different rat race. And I've fallen in that trap A lot, and I continue to fall in that trap success
0: based problems or Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're just you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, this and that. And you're saying, I won't I'm glad that I have this financial freedom now through this Amazon business that I built, that now what I'm steering towards and and focusing on is creating these products to help other people. Not that you don't want to sell a bunch of them and do well with that because you do, but you've now said I'm not gonna I'm gonna do something totally different. I'm gonna now have a creative outlet away from reselling on Amazon to create the sweet ass journal and then talk about your newest um product cuz that's what you've I think you're getting ready to do a Kickstarter with that right your sweet ass domination deck yeah
0: so headed in route to the Philippines to work with my team to launch the Kickstarter for the sweet ass domination deck and throughout the process dude I like by heart by creative trade yeah I like automation and stuff like that but I I'm actually like a very emotional writer that's how I, that's my channel. Like I write every single day, whether it be like ridiculous love, (laughs) like love poems to myself, like crying or whatever it is. Like I have a lot of emotion that comes out through writing and, and it took me forever to figure out that voice. And I think I figured it out when I started writing the sweet ass journal guide, because I wrote sections of that that were terrible and nobody would have wanted to read it. And then I've, I'm friends with Honoré Corder who has helped me understand that it's okay to write like you talk And she's, you know, author of 30 or 40 wildly successful books. She's a self-publisher too. And she kind of walked me through like, oh, I I found my voice. And like, I always had a pretty good personality. I can actually write like that. And so when I did the journal and I started getting all this feedback, like, I just love it. It's funny. It's, it's, I feel like I'm talking to you. I was like, I don't know where the idea came from, but I was like, man, I'm using these weird, like affirmation cards, but I'm not really into these affirmation cards. Cause it's like, you know, I am a fairy God princess, like, and I have all this, or are the ones that are just like, I have, you know, I have a hundred thousand dollars and like some of the, it's just too woo woo for me to think like it, a lot of them, they leave out the, the action, right? Like you can't just say an affirmation and have it come true. I mean, yes, you can rewire your brain to make decisions um, subconsciously that help you work towards that affirmation if you say them out loud. Um, But if you don't take the action towards an affirmation, you're never going to get there. And I was sitting at a coffee shop in Portland with Jason Berwick one day. And I was like, dude, I don't know what it is that I was like looking at some affirmation cards online. I was like, I want to write my own cards. And he was like, yeah, it's a pretty good idea. And I was like, no, like I've, I've been writing these like snippets and quotes and all this stuff through poetry and channeling. And like, I, I think I can really make something that could appeal to an entire generation that regular affirmation cards don't appeal to. And again, I had no idea what that was going to involve, but I started, right? And I wrote down a list of like 15 to 20 thoughts in my head. And I still have that piece of paper because um, it was about a year ago today. And then I just started rewriting them. And then I eventually got to having 60 different ideas and they turned into scripts, which turned into us contacting one of the graphic girls on our team to make graphics to pair with it, which turned out incredible. Like the space, she nailed it. Um, and I didn't want to just have affirmation cards that say like, you know, my body is a sanctuary on them or something like that. I wanted to actually put my personality of motivation into it. And so on the front of the card. You get an affirmation, but on the back, it's actually just a ridiculous rant from me that's supposed to motivate you to work towards that type of affirmation, and it works out really, really well. And and we've shared them with a lot of people um, digitally. And if anybody wants to see them, you can actually go to ragecreate.com. Depending on when this goes out, if you're either going to see the pre-launch to the Kickstarter or the Kickstarter, and either way, if you're on the pre-launch, you can download a digital sample pack of about 10 cards front and back. But you also get entered into um, get notifications for the early bird tiers for the Kickstarter. And you can get a preview of my new book, which is called Sweet Ass Book. And... All,
1: all, <laughs> all in on the uh, sweet ass theme, huh? <laughs> It's called Sweet Ass Book to Develop...
0: Or Sweet Ass Book to Beast Up Your Motivation Muscles. But basically, the book is... Uh, motivational expansions of these cards and so it's all kind of worked into this big giant manifestation and I realized by sharing these cards with people how much they loved them and they were like this is all I need like this is great I don't need to read a a giant self-help book because I just need these little reminders and I was like oh my god like oh my god are you it just clicked in my head we don't need, it doesn't have to be like this gigantic long form motivational product. Like what if I made motivational products that reminded people of how awesome they are in 10 seconds or less? What if I took ordinary items that are around the house and turned them into reminders so that when you are, you know, working your day or you are having like some terrible breakdown and resistance gremlins are trying to attack you, like, and you look at your toilet paper roll and it has affirmations on it. You're reminded without even thinking like, you're like, Oh, Oh yeah, today's not that bad. Like you know, I I kiss no butts. This affirmation's awesome. And then you get back onto that train of working towards your visions and your goals and your dreams.
1: That's that's the sweet ass toilet paper idea. Um, and it all clicked. You're gonna turn every product that we have in our house into an affirmation. (laughs) Toilet paper. I don't know what you
0: have in. I don't know what you have in your house, but uh, trying to turn ordinary items, yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, I want to create a scale in the bathroom that doesn't show you your weight, but actually reads you affirmations. And I think that would be incredible, you know, and maybe my body is a sanctuary. I, I treat it with divine care and things like that. And, and it's become like this weird thing. I remember being a little kid in class and they were like, it's show and tell day, invent something and bring it to class. And I'm bringing in these things. Like I had this basketball and it was covered in duct tape on three different sides. I had yellow tape uh, green tape and red tape. And every time I bounced it, I'd turn it and show them and say that it was changing colors. Like this this is my basketball. It changes colors every time you bounce it. And that was like my first idea that I could make my own products. And it wasn't until this deck, like I know the journal is cool and it's publishing and everything, but it wasn't until this, you know, and the ideas with this, where I realized that that entire trip from face down, pants down in the bushes, and then waking up on my garage floor with a nosebleed and a bottle of liquor and the car running in the front yard and waking up in the bathtub with a nosebleed and all these different things that had happened to me to get me to the point of realizing that there was something more I needed to be creating. Now that it's manifested, it's like it all was tied together the whole time. You know, whether people believe in that stuff or not, I do. And I think that every single decision that I've made my entire life has led me to exactly to this point to figure out that I can make these sweet ass products that help inspire other people to do what I've done. And I hope that they can for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and and you just mentioned about four stories that we didn't have time to dive into uh, a few, a few that I've heard before the, the pants down in the bushes, the car running in the front yard while you were passed out, all that kind of stuff. Um, but speaking of those, I do want to pivot just for kind of the end here, because we we haven't talked a lot about travel. We talked a lot about location independence, and this is location independence month here at EPop. That's why we talk about location independence. But all of that is wrapped up because of the desire to to get out of wherever it is you are. You for you, you were in Kentucky, and I remember you saying to me like, "I just want to live in the Pacific Northwest. Like, I just don't want to be in Kentucky. I don't want to be in the South. Uh, I want to live in the Pacific Northwest," which which you're doing now. You've also had the ability then to travel quite a bit over the last year and a half, two years that we've really gotten to know each other. I know that's a big part of what you do. You're going to the Philippines. You were in Africa for a month or a little over a month last time. If I just want to touch on travel for a second, A, do you have a favorite place that you've been and and then a place that you're like really dying to go to? The
0: first place I ever went out of the country, believe it or not, my entire life, I never traveled. Uh, my family didn't have a lot of money and we never took vacations that were outside of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina because <laughs> my grandparents lived there. And so in 2015, when right before Lindsay went to Washington and the reason that we decided to send her out there, we, we went to Thailand. And it was my first realization that like the world isn't as scary as the people in Kentucky make you think it is. <laughs> it's actually it's actually incredible, you know, and and I know Thailand is a pretty pretty safe like open it's not not necessarily near the extreme as like going into places like cambodia or the the slums of africa that i was in for months and um even parts of south america but it's i think there's something to be learned from each one and i'd say my favorite i mean i'm partial to thailand just because it kind was that first experience yeah. but dude i uh i love nicaragua I love Nicaragua. I love the volcanoes. I love the culture, the people. Um, it's incredible, man. And, and I'm not as much of a fan as Costa Rica. I just think it's built up so much, but Nicaragua is still kind of this peaceful, beautiful place. And I just got back from France two days ago, and that was pretty cool. But I, dude, I just cannot. My diet does not agree with just bread and cheese all the time. I was dying. I've got like a yeast allergy, and that's whoa. But, um, so so not Paris,
1: but Nicaragua would be, yeah, which is awesome because as someone who's looking to go somewhere new, um, over next winter, because I will not, I'm putting that on record, I will not be in Philadelphia over the winter or at least the second half of the winter. I'll be here for the holidays. That's fine, friends and family. But, um, Nicaragua, very, very, very high on that list. What about where you want to go? Like if we could transport you right now, is there somewhere you're just dying to go?
0: One other thing that was cool just to mention was, whitewater rafting on the Nile in Africa. That was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> but where do I want to go? Yes. So many places. Nepal would be at the top of my list. Um, I'm actually trying to figure something out cause we have a honeymoon coming up and I don't know where we're going to be going or what we're going to be doing. If anybody has input on this, I wanted to do Nepal, but with the rate of stress that Lindsay's dealing with, with her coaching career right now. And I'm serious. There's like some high stress in for, with parents and drama with, with high school age girls. Um, I'm looking for somewhere that's very, very relaxing laid back where she can be pampered and it's not that expensive and it's just beautiful, you know, beaches or, or anything like that. So, I know you guys have been places. Travis, I know you've been places. I I
1: mean, I would say uh, you've been to Thailand, but anywhere down there. I'm dying to go to Sri Lanka. I I don't know. That seems like kind of a decent bet for something that you're talking about. Having never been, um, I can't really speak to it. But uh, I don't know, pampering, beaches.
0: I'm thinking somewhere in South America because she's never been down there. Guatemala or I don't know. But lots of places, dude. Um, I really want to go find my great grandmother's house in Germany on the... uh, border of holland and um iceland right. i want to do some backpacking there's a lot to do there's a lot to do we've got there, time you, to you do it. throw you could throw a dart dude I there go we anywhere. are
1: um quick question then for you you've talked about the sweet ass domination deck i want to make sure that people know how and where to get everything that you're talking about so um, I want you to, I, I want to just recap all the stuff that you got going on. Cause we told your story and that was amazing. But now you've got some products out there that people can actually get their hands on. So sweet ass journal, sweet ass domination deck. Where should we go to find out information about that? Uh, sweet you ass can, toilet paper coming soon. Apparently. Buy, buy them and rub
0: your sweet ass booties all over the sweet ass products. Uh, sweet ass journal is on Amazon and it, it's just type sweet ass journal. It'll come up first. You could also go to SweetAssJournal.com or heatharmstrong.com and they'll take you um, to that as well. And the Sweet Ass Domination deck is at RageCreate.com. So that will be the site that the Kickstarter is hosted through. And then once the Kickstarter is over, that will be the site where you can get all of the other Sweet Ass products as we roll them out. And I'm really excited for that. But um, my you have hub t- is just Do you have a timeline for them?
1: Do you have a timeline for the other products or are those just...
0: We have some sweet T-shirts and some stuff to hold us over until we can. It's it's a manufacturing issue. So like, how can we find a manufacturer that can print on toilet paper? You know what I mean? Like those are the those are the tough logistical things. So right now I'm I'm focused on mass distribution of the Sweet Ass Domination deck because I think it can really help a lot of people in a funny way. And I am, you know, I have a big vision, Travis, but what's right in front of me is what's most important. So it's Kickstarter right now, and I've got my podcast that's just launched, which is called Never Stop Peaking. Um, with some but, awesome which is, which is ridiculous in itself.
1: Some, uh, some awesome <laughs> podcast art that Heath sent me a text. was like, which of these pictures is better for my podcast? The one that I picked, uh, you decided to go with. So I- I'm going to say maybe I've got <laughs> well, a little yeah. influence there. It's definitely the best one. Well, I mean, if you're talking about a, a picture of me with a mullet holding an, a basket
0: with a bunny in it and a gold chain versus... The power fist on the sweet ass journal. Like, there's really no competition, I guess. No, especially for the vibe of the podcast. So it matched perfectly.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you guys can check that out. Um, Yeah, Rage Create for the Sweet Ass Domination decks. Uh, that'll be where the Kickstarter is living. So when this comes out, the Kickstarter will be live, I think. If not, it, you'll be able to get on the pre-launch It'll list. It'll be around there. Yeah, it goes live
0: May 15th.
1: So. Yeah, okay. So May 15th, it goes live. So you guys will be able to, to check that out. And don't forget, you can also go to heatharmstrong.com slash epop, get entered to win um, one of the actual physical copies of the Sweet Ass Journal. Uh, if you can't wait to enter that contest and you just want it in your hand right now, like I have in my hand right now, you can go to sweetassjournal.com. You can find it on Amazon, all that good stuff. And HeathArmstrong.com is kind of a good place if they want to just know everything that's going on, correct?
0: Yeah, that's my hub, man. That's yeah. where all the articles will be in anything I do. So,
1: awesome. and at HeathFistBumps on social media. There you go. Yeah, guys, check that out. Heath, I want to thank you again for joining me today. I've heard... The I've heard your story multiple times, but never kind of all at once and gotten to cut you off and ask you more questions, so that's always fun. Uh, I'm a detail-oriented guy, so I love the more details, the better. So thank you for that. Not only for serving as an awesome success story of like what's possible. And obviously inside a Location India, you've been one of our most active members. You're always helping people out there, which is amazing. But also then taking your success and saying, well, that's not enough. Like I don't want to stop at that, but I want to create products that are aimed at helping others have the same success that you did with all your sweet ass products. Um, thanks, man. It's just inspiring. It's motivational. Um, and it's been a super blessing in my life to be able to hang out with you the last two years and see all the awesome stuff that you're doing.
0: Well, Travis, I've got you know, I've got some posters and sketches and all sorts of things of you laying around the house, and even some plans to put some on some undies soon too. So I can't express to you how important uh, what your influence has been to me as well. So I appreciate it, man.
1: Awesome, thank you, thank you guys for listening. Uh, everything we talked about uh, here in the show will be linked up in the show notes by one of our mutual friends um, who's doing our show notes here, so you can get all of that extra pack peanuts dot com slash shows find everything that we talked about if if you're like hey man I really want to find concretehelper.com that will be linked up <laughs> in the show notes guys um, don't forget as well um, uh. big thanks to our sponsor Tortuga Backpacks you can check them out tortugabackpacks.com and if you're listening to this uh, when it first comes out we will be we're doing location independence month here at Uh, Epop for a very special reason. And that's because our Paradise Pack project, which we do once a year, is happening May 29th through June 4th. That's where we bundle up over $2,000 worth of products and we sell it at 90% off and it's everything you need to start your location independent journey. So you can find that at theparadisepack.com. That is May 29th through June 4th. That's why we're highlighting some of the location independent stories um, to help motivate you and inspire you that you can do it as well. And hopefully the Paradise Pack We'll be there to help you out. So, Heath, thanks again for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being a part of the Paradise Pack last year. I'm sure you're going to be throwing stuff in this year. It's awesome to collaborate and work with you. Word to your mother, Big Trav. Thank you guys for tuning in today. For the continued support, as always, on however you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. Doesn't matter. Thanks for the support um, that, to this day, makes us number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free... Travels. I'll show you very soon more I'll show you